Everybody, huddle up. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. The Wisconsin Badgers have defeated the UCLA Bruins by a score of 21 to 16. With Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Alex Strofe. The Great Dane Huddle on a Monday night after the NFL Championship weekend. The Super Bowl is set, and my normal co-hosts are nowhere to be seen. I am Alex Strofe with you on your Monday night, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Unlike my normal co-host, alongside a guy who actually, oh, actually, I take that back, Daryl Super Bowl. So did Brad Nortman, who's with me tonight <laughs> with the Carolina Panthers a couple years back. Bradley, good to see you as always, my friend. Good to see you. What an intro, bringing up Super Bowl. You're going to really make me feel proud so, and ready to be on <laughs> I was actually thinking about this over the weekend. you got to be – now, I mean, like Tom Brady's done it, but you got to be one of the few NFLers that played in an NFC Championship game, an AFC Championship game, and a Super Bowl. Ooh. Like, there's not a ton of people that have done all three. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to be real tactful with your teams to jump on <laughs> either side of it and make a make a conference championship game and Super Bowls on both sides. And I've actually played in every round of the playoffs, played wild card uh, wow. round, played divisional round, conference, and Super Bowl. So each one feels different, man, in the playoffs. That's why I love watching the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It just feels different, right? The speed, the yeah. hitting, everything about it, the intensity. It's just, it feels like, I feel like there's two times when everything gets ratcheted up a little bit differently in the NFL, right? It's week one mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you've just been hitting each other yeah. and, you know, only familiar faces. Week one, and then it's the first round of the playoffs or your first playoff game. So, like, might be divisional round for the, for the teams that have a bye. Those are the games where it feels noticeably different yeah. from one week to the next. I love it. Uh, also with us, one of the hardest-hitting linebackers to ever leave. DeSoto, Texas. <laughs> the great Chris Orr is here uh, as well, our guy Chris Orr. Chris, um, I, I, you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, as a linebacker, as a guy that's been in it, uh, obviously also a former Carolina Panther. I'm sure we'll have plenty of Panthers talk tonight. Uh, but you have a hard time watching games because you watch it as a linebacker. You yeah. watch it as a guy. So when you're it's watching tough. games this weekend, are you like, man, I really wish I was the one hitting Brock Purdy? Oh, for sure, for <laughs> sure. You never I don't think I don't think anybody ever loses their itch. You know, I think it depends on what position you play. So I think it might just feel a little different, but I don't think you ever really lose that itch, man. You can't you can't get past the mental and physical strain of playing linebacker. Can, can we make the official declaration that you'll be back hitting people this summer? I don't yeah, know if we've oh, announced yeah, yeah, it on man. the area. Yeah, man, I'm definitely hitting people, man. Y'all tune in. Tune in USFL season two. The Generals will definitely be champs this year, hopefully. we got to get a Chris Orr jersey. Bonus. We do have to yeah. get a Chris Orr jersey. <laughs> we go on there a Chris Orr jersey. Do they sell USFL jerseys? Because I will get one. Uh, yeah, they sell them. They sell them. Do they still sell Brad Norman jerseys? I hope they do. Uh, you might have to scour the internet, but you might be able to find it. <laughs> I will. I you might. Actually, I know they do because we actually had some friends in our neighborhood that said they're going to get their uh, their husbands. A Brad Norman jersey. Okay. That, and I, I can't say who, and I actually hope they're not listening because it's meant to be a surprise. Oh. I just thought about that right now. Well, it's okay. They heard <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, Well, I need to get myself a Brad Norman. Uh, Jags or Panthers? 
Probably, Boy, a dealer's choice right there. Probably Ooh. Jags just because we, we spend so much time talking about the Jags. You almost need to get a Jags yeah, jersey. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but then I want to get a Chris Orr USFL jersey. Go ahead and then and we can that. sign him and we can hang him in my den. Ooh, That's like an it. idea. Nice den. I love this idea. How about, Very nice, nice den. How about the Alex Strofe high school soccer jersey? Ooh. <laughs> how about that? Chris Orr. Chris Orr oh, and I, I can get that. one of those. Yeah. Let me I will wear that to every show. Let, let, let me hit up Denmark High and make sure they still have the number 18 in stock. Uh, we went 1-24. Four that year. Ooh. Um, so yeah, big time player though. No, I stunk. So oh. I, what happened there was Chris, Chris or Brad Nortman, Alex drove with you on the Great Dane Huddle. Uh, I played high school soccer my senior year mm. because my best friend in high school was a soccer player. Uh, I lost a bet. Don't remember what it was, Dim. And I, if I lost the bet, I had to play soccer my senior year. Ooh. We were so bad. We were the worst team in the state year after year that I started every game. Ooh. I soccer in my life. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, legend. I mean, they, they have my jersey in the rafters at Denmark. I guarantee it. <laughs> What's the worst score you lost by? Uh, well, we lost to a co-ed team. Ooh. Um, 11 to 0. Ooh. Oh, come I, on. I got, oh. A, I got a yellow card for accidentally... Um, uh, what's the correct term here? Trucking over a young lady? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, deserving of a yellow card. Yeah, I mean, Maybe a red a, card in today's day. <laughs> there was a fly ball, essentially. I was looking up. I had about a foot on her. She was probably nothing you know, more than 5'3", and I just ran right over her. And I oh. felt awful. It knocked the wind out of me. Oh. She's grabbing at you know, her ankles and like, what the hell is guy? So anyway, not my proudest moment. Not my proudest felt moment. bad? Of course I felt bad. Oh, man. I've hit a few, like, trainers. I don't feel bad. But you play football where contact is encouraged. That's true. It is a little different. I played soccer where people are afraid of contact, and they fake hitting. There's a little, there's a they, little nuance to soccer. They be bumping. Did you play any other sports besides football? I'm uh, no fighter. Fighting and uh, track. Fighting? Yeah. Like MMA? No, boxing. You ever knock Dang. anybody out? No. You ever been knocked out? No. I don't Thankfully. buy that. I don't Thankfully. buy it. Thankfully. <laughs> Anyway, Brad Norman, what about what, what you play? Uh, I, I played the gambit as a kid in high school. Um, narrowed it down to football and basketball. Mm. How good? Are you, how, how good were you at basketball? Uh, I was pretty good. I started as a junior. I actually didn't play. Um, we had really good teams too. We went to state um, my junior year. Senior year, I didn't play basketball though because Brett Bielema told you not to, or what? No, they were totally cool with it. But I was going into a situation where it was pretty clear the path for me to start as a true mm. freshman, and I tore my ACL as mm. a freshman playing football. Yeah. There was another basketball player on our team a year older than me that, when I was a junior, tore his ACL in the basketball court. Mm. So I was just like seeing my career before my very eyes. I'm like, I, I have an opportunity to play at Wisconsin. Yeah. True, true freshman year. Oh. I just cannot take that chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I regret it a little bit, but it all worked out. See, my high school coach wouldn't let us uh, play basketball. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, we, he wouldn't let us play basketball. That's that Texas. Football. Football. Yeah, they they yeah, they them different in Texas. Yeah. Now. You you pretty much for the most part you have to major in Texas to be honest. Like even on the football field, like I never played both both ways since really? junior high. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We. If you were playing both ways and you played against like a pretty good school, like you're gonna get blown out. Yeah, you're gonna lose. You're just gonna be too tired by the end of the game, anyway. I could listen to high school football stories all day long, but we gotta talk about the <laughs> NFL championship weekend too. Uh, one game was really good yesterday. I think the mm-hmm. referees stole the show in that one, and that uh-huh. was of course Cincinnati, Kansas City. The other game, Philadelphia, San Francisco. It was all Philly. Uh, Brock Purdy leaves early with an injury. Then Josh Johnson leaves with a concussion. So Brock Purdy, who's hurt and now out six months, I read today, mm-hmm. came yeah. back into the game. So that was just uh, – that was out there. That game was completely underwhelming. Philadelphia, Kansas City in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, let's start with that Cincinnati-Kansas City game. I mean, that was the game that was built up, you know, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. It lived up to the hype. It came down to the wire, came down to a kick at the end of the game uh, to send Kansas City to the Super Bowl for the third time in five years. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, those two are just on another level mm-hmm. when it comes to the quarterback position. Peyton and Brady. Second All over coming. again, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we are in for a treat for the next mm-hmm. 10 years at oh, quarterback. Yeah. And throwing their Josh Allen. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Your guy Trevor Lawrence, too. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, the AFC yeah. is just stacked. Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, there are so many quarterbacks. It's almost It almost seems imbalanced when you think about it, AFC, NFC. Totally. And yeah. Aaron uh, Rodgers is going to be over there next year. We'll yeah, get that right. a little bit. But. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I, I thought – the game did live up to the hype. It was exciting. I never felt like Cincinnati was in control. Mm-hmm. I never felt like they like they were always yeah. trying to claw their way back. Yep. And you know, I I don't think I, I do not think they did themselves any service by talking about this whole Burrowhead mm. thing. The Cincinnati mayor coming out mm. there and talking. That's I mean, what let they me know just, they're going to lose. What are you doing? Already aggravating yeah. a giant. What are you doing? Chiefs? I don't know. And that's a hard place to play. Right. Like, already. Oh, yeah. Already. I never played there in a AFC championship game. I played there in regular season games. <sighs> it's a hard place Still to play. Still loud. Yes. Man. I, I, I look at it almost like when you bring up Cincinnati's gloating heading into that game, right? It was almost reminiscent of, of the Packers heading into Week 18 mm-hmm. against Detroit, mm-hmm. where Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is telling the media, well, everybody was saying stuff when we were 4-8. and eight. Yep. What are they going to say now? They're going to say beat the Lions, which they couldn't do. And then you have the what, – what did the Cincinnati mayor say? He, like, came out and posted a video on Twitter, right? Yeah, I only saw a clip of it. I don't know if you yeah, saw it, Chris. Yeah, I, I, didn't see, I didn't see the whole thing. Just basically just talking trash. I, I always have a problem with people who aren't in the fight talking trash. You do? You're not in it, man. So are you it. saying I'm not allowed to talk trash? No, no, it's not necessarily that. Oh, this is going to sound bad. I almost said something very hurtful. But I'm, I'm going to say it Go anyway. Ahead. Somebody. <laughs> I like where this is headed. <laughs> somebody, for example, the, the Cincinnati mayor, somebody who, when they say something, is going to make headlines. Yep. Like the team, everybody's going to see this. At some point or another, everybody's going to see this. So when you have somebody like that talking trash, like, you're doing nothing but adding fuel to the fire. You're even adding fuel to the fire for those fans, like calling it Burrowhead, talking about how you've been there and won all these times and the fans aren't going to be an issue, and they clearly were. Well, and, That and, wasn't that hurtful for the record. Go ahead. And, and you're talking <laughs> even more so, Chris, about a guy that's not even in that world. Right. right? I mean, like we could talk about media and analysts and all because this guy's not even in the sports mm-hmm. world. And then I think when Travis Kelsey said after the game, you know, Stay in your lane and shut your mouth in total Travis Kelsey way. I mean, he's kind of right. If if I was on Kansas City, Mm -hmm. and and they have earned our respect, right? Let's be honest. For sure. As if they needed more locker room material. You know they were all hearing that. They were all dropping, like, yep, Arrowhead Stadium all after the game. So Mm -hmm. I was just, like, not happy with the way that Cincinnati handled that. They came in a little prideful. I just felt like the Chiefs had it from the start. Cincinnati got away from who they are. Like, up until that point, they had been talking about how they ignored the noise, they just show up and play ball and beat you. That's, that's all their messaging was, at least to the public eye. And then you beat Buffalo, and you turn into the polar opposite. Yeah. You want to talk all this trash. You Instead of just going about your business each week like you've been doing, everybody's been doubting you, saying, talking about how Buffalo and uh, Kansas City was going to meet up, and you went in there and just handled your business. You didn't say anything. And – now, I don't know if they were super comfortable being 3-0, and but I love that you said they were never in control. Like, 
I would love for people to see football for more than just like the score. Like if you if you watch that game from start to finish, Kansas City was in control the entire time, almost borderline dominating. They just didn't punch it in a few times. No, I totally agree. I mean, even when that when, when the score was tied twenty to twenty in the fourth quarter, and, and Cincinnati had the ball, I think back in their own ten yard line, it felt like. This is still Kansas City's game to lose, even though technically Cincinnati was in control at that point, right? They had the football, not a ton of time on the clock, but uh, they make a mistake. Kansas City takes over, and then defensively, and Chris, I wanted to get your opinion on this as a linebacker, Joseph Osai, mm. who makes the late hit, Tough. which ultimately led to the game-winning field Tough. goal. It's just a hit you can't make, right? And I don't know if that's emotions. I don't know if that's lack of awareness of where he was on the field. Yeah. But that was about as as you know as as blatant of a late hit as right. as you can get. From my perspective, it's probably a little bit of a lack of awareness. I guess you can add emotions into that because it's a crucial down. Totally. Um, and he's running. He's running forward. He had to. He had to turn the corner in order to get the first. So he turned the corner and he's on his tail the whole time. And I just think he lost where he was. He didn't really like blatantly hit him. No, you know he's not I mean? trying to hurt he just kind of pushed him, pushed him while he was took a couple steps out of bounds. Like those are the things that people don't realize. Like, man, you're running as hard as you can. Like you cannot slow down usually when you hit that sideline. Like usually you try to catch your teammate or something like yeah. that. Like and somebody did. Somebody yeah, tried, yeah, tried to step catch and your stop teammate, him. But like yeah, I, I think it was just more so a little bit of lack of awareness and just straining to finish. He was straining to finish on that play and just got out of hand you ever make a, uh, a late hit you regret oh yeah for sure for sure every late hit is a regret fair every late hit is a regret unless it's like i don't know some quarterbacks like they get smart with it where they'll run and they take a couple of steps inbounds and then right before you make contact they'll try to jump out of bounds and they still get hit and they try to draw the flag because every any league that you go to every sport any level that you play football as a defender the first meeting that referees might have with you is this is a quarterback driven league this is a points driven league like we're going to protect the quarterback even if it's close on the quarterback they're throwing the flag that's why i'm not surprised by like the ref and the passer calls like if it's close they're going to throw it because they're they just want to protect the quarterback Think of how financially motivated the NFL is. To keep. Imagine if they would have called. Imagine if uh, Mahomes got hurt on that play, and they're in the yeah. Super Bowl, and you got Chad Henney starting. No disrespect mm-hmm. to Chad Henney. I played with him. He's a great guy. But you're not driving ratings like Mahomes is. No. Mahomes is the face of the league. Mm-hmm. Right. So the NFL is so financially motivated to protect its quarterback. Because yeah. then you have a thing like you do with uh, San Francisco, yep. right, where you've got mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk <laughs> taking Wildcat snaps. It's unwatchable. <laughs> so it's a good thing because it, it creates good football. Mm-hmm. But in the context of what they're trying to do, you just got to be smart. Right. You've been rough before, right? Oh, yeah. In, in your position as a punter? Yeah. Ooh, that sure. sucks. It sucks. I mean, you yeah, talk about yeah. Obviously, very different, right, <laughs> very different than a quarterback. Your leg is, is, you know, five feet in the air. Yeah. The chin down. Yeah. You've got, you got almost no you, – you, nothing about what I'm doing is protective to me at all, mm. right? I can't slow down. My eyes are elsewhere. I'm usually airborne, right, making contacts, I mean, like mm. that, totally defenseless. And they do a good job at – trying to figure out, okay, was the punter acting? Was this an actual hit? Was it running into versus roughing? I've had both. And the, the, the roughings, those are real. When it's a 15-yard and you are oh, like, you are, you know, butt over apple cart kind of thing. It is, I've had a couple of those, and it, man, it makes your head spin for a little bit. He's still hurting several years removed man. from yeah, the NFL. That's right. it's Brad Norton, Chris <laughs> or Alex Struff with you here on The Great Dane. Huddle we're brought to you in part by our friends at Carbon World Health which takes a holistic approach to fitness. It's medically supervised by Dr. Nestor Rodriguez. They've got the cryo chamber. They've got the IVs. They've got a full spa, full gym. They've got everything you need. 
learn how you can take the next step in the new year. Visit their website, CarbonWorldHealth.com, to learn about the six-week experience and all the great offerings Carbon World Health has. We'll continue to react to the championship weekend. We'll talk a little Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Right? That late hit didn't put him out. Mm. He'll be playing in the Super Bowl. Will the face of the league, Patrick Mahomes, as he takes on maybe the next face of the league, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk Super Bowl. That's next. It's the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. The Great Dane Huddle rolling on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Alex Strofe, not alongside Tarek Sala and Derek Angler, but two other Badgers legends. What Kirk Herbstreit once called an offensive weapon. Brad Nortman is here. That's right. And uh, maybe one of the hardest-hitting linebackers, maybe the hardest-hitting linebacker to ever come through the University of Wisconsin. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> My guy Chris Orr with us as well. The three of us hanging out with you live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Talking NFL playoffs as the Super Bowl is set. Chiefs, Eagles, and into that actual game, which is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Chris, you mentioned it off the air, too. Your linebacker brethren going head-to-head, Leo Chanel, and and obviously TJ Edwards, who you know, one of your good friends. Did you play with Leo at all? Was there an overlap there? There was, right? His senior year. So I had him as a young (laughs) player. And he was wild. to see what he's doing now is pretty cool. As, yeah, as yeah, a rookie, man. especially. Super cool. Super cool, man. Super dope. Man. And, and you're still you're still in touch with TJ, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. one of your guys. Yeah, yeah. So are you guy. are you rooting for the Eagles? Hey, look, put it like this. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm low key pulling for the Eagles. I want to <laughs> see, see TJ get a one. I play longer with TJ, but at the same time. I think Leo will have more opportunities to get a Super Bowl because he's got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, you can't – no slight of Jalen Hurts, though. No, been no terrific. slight. It's just that, man, they put together – they put together like an all-star team. Yeah. I just don't know how long they could keep it. I mean, it's the two MVP frontrunners going head-to-head head head in, in Hurts and Mahomes. But, Brad, I wanted to ask you about Super Bowl prep, right? You went through it uh, – what was that, 2015 with the Carolina Panthers? Did I get that right? 2015 season, 2016 Super yep. Bowl. So, I mean, what, what was Super Bowl prep like – what are those two weeks? Obviously, you get the, you get the bye week in between the, the championship rounds and the Super Bowl. What's that first week like before you head down to, in this year's case, it's Arizona, and then obviously the chaos ensues? Man, Chris, you can appreciate that everything about the week leading up to a game is all routine, right? Mm-hmm. And you do you have no routine. Whatever routine you think you have, throw it out the window. Really? Because the Super Bowl, it, it changes it all. It changes it all. This On this day, after winning the, the championship game, the NFC championship game, and you've won, I mean, we had a three-hour meeting, wives oh. included, Whoa. with the operations and logistical staff saying, this is where we're going to stay. This is what the situation was with tickets. Oh. This is what flight. I mean, every, they, like, we're going to get everything we can about the Super Bowl festivities out of the way right now. You walked out of that meeting. You're still feeling a bit of surreal. Like, I'm actually going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm actually going to play in this game. And we're talking about all these other things that have nothing to do with the game. Mm. So the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a little bit after is all just trying to figure out everything except for the game itself. Meanwhile, you're still trying to practice. You're still trying to implement game plan. And, you know, you're at home, right? You stay. I was in Charlotte, and the the guys are in Philly and Kansas City, so they're separate for the first week. Mm. They'll probably go out on Saturday or Sunday to actually to, to Arizona. But nothing about it feels routine. Nothing about it feels comfortable. And the, the media, even in the playoffs, the media gets 
you know, doubled. Now it gets tripled. Mm. And everything about it is crazy. I remember looking at my phone after the game of the NFC Championship game. And usually you have text, right? You know, mm-hmm. hey, great game, whatever. I had something like 125 texts. Holy smokes. Of like, you're going to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I've talked to someone. In, and it was awesome. It was all good support. But everything about it is overwhelming. It's hard to distill it down. I had to call some other punters and players that I knew that had already played in the Super Bowl and ask them what advice mm. they, had, they had. Who'd and you call? I called, uh, I called Andy Lee, okay. who, was, uh, who was a punter for, at the time, the 49ers. Um, and he played in the Super Bowl the year before, a couple of years before. And I had known him. He lived in Charlotte, actually. Um, so he was like one of my main sources of it. There was a couple in Charlotte that had played in the earlier Super Bowl sure. game, right? Like, wait, you know, 15 years before yeah. that or so. And, and all the advice across the board was um, be prepared to have a week unlike anything that you're used to. It's almost overwhelming. So, for instance. Well, I imagine. I, I, so, one thing that you never even think about, right? You pack, you get ready, and you take your clothes out there, and you have to pack all your you know, shoulder pads and helmets, all that kind of stuff. So I was a Nike-sponsored athlete. So you go to the hotel, and then waiting for you, as well as the other maybe 25 other guys that are Nike-sponsored athletes, is a full luggage mm. full of Nike gear. There's probably 50 pieces of clothing in there with a whole other full suitcase. You're like, what the heck am I going to do with this thing? So like, you just get it's just a tidal Wait, wave. Wait, so did you bring bags, too? Or, yeah. did, or did you just show up and you're like, hey, I got all my stuff's going to be at the hotel from Nike? No, no, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. like, we, like I didn't know until we showed up. It was like, surprise, Nike athlete, oh. like another trick, you know, wink, wink. Thanks for being a Nike athlete. Congratulations on the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, like, you, you, there's just everything about it's overwhelming. So, you had to check that, a bag on the way back. I'm, clear, I'm kidding, yeah. obviously. You're yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so the first week is all logistic. It's all crazy. You're just trying to, like, get your arms around the idea yeah. that this is actually happening. Then when you show up, it feels like a bowl game. It feels mm. like something where you show up, and then you can start to implement a little bit of routine, mm. something that feels like Super Bowl week. Mm. But media is crazy. Usually, there's only maybe 15 minutes of media after a couple practice. That's kind of it for the normal players, right? We have Super Bowl media night. That's yep. Monday night for three hours, which is an absolute circus. And then every day, there's a block of two-hour media um, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and they just throw you in a big old ballroom, and they just say, let them go. And you have mm. all, all sorts of crazy interviews. And how about this, though, for routine? I'm trying to keep the routine. So there's a fast food restaurant. It's a chicken place called Bojangles. Mm. Okay? It's good. Bojangles good now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. And, and um, so we, you know, when you, we have a Friday meal, right? When you start winning... Okay, we get the same meal over and over. So the, when we when we on our win streak for Carolina, we won 15 games, 15 and one, and then the playoff games, we just happened to get on the r- routine that Bo Jengles was the Friday meal. <laughs> and like in other seasons, if we would have lost on Sunday, well, we're changing the meal, right? Okay. Then you go to Qdoba, mm-hmm. then you go to pizza, whatever, and then you get on the win streak and it stays the same. So it was Bo Jengles the whole season. Did you get season. sick of it? I mean a little bit, yeah, but then yeah, it yeah. became like your thing, right? <laughs> it's Friday, we're winning, it's a 10 game win that. streak. So anyway, then. As a surprise, Coach Rivera flew out Bojangles oh, on the Friday before the Super Bowl. So we had we had Bojangles. Wait, hold on, Friday hold on. I have like eight questions on that now, <laughs> uh, per dope. usual. So he flew Bojangles. So it was cold it's when regional. he got it. It's yeah. regional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. he had to get to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Bojangles pulled up. Bojangles corporate, man. They're all on professional levels, right? It's the Super Bowl. It's the big time show. Oh, Bojangles yeah. figured so it out. So was it warm? It was warm. Surf okay, warm. Good, good, good. I man. bet you I bet you they send it out cold. Yeah. Said, hey, send it, it to the yeah. send it to mm-hmm. the yeah. But man, we were like the cheers in that room, we say, guys, oh, probably so happy. go get you some bow jangles on Friday. <laughs> it was like it was madness. It was so great.
That's awesome. It's a great date. Huddle Alex Drew of Chris or Brad Nortman hanging out with you. Brad Sharon's Super Bowl run back in 2015 with the Carolina Panthers. It's just so neat to hear that perspective because obviously I, I have no idea. And, and Chris, you were obviously in Carolina, so I'm sure mm-hmm. you, um, a couple of years later, so I'm sure you maybe heard some stories of, mm-hmm. of that team a, a few years prior. Yeah. Uh, but when you got there, Rivera was gone, right? Coach yeah, Rule, he was gone. Was he coach was, first year? Yeah, it was Coach Rule's first year. And um, we still had a few guys from that, uh, from that Super Bowl team like Shaq Thompson, uh, J.J. Jansen. My guy, J.J. Yeah, guy. man. J.J., man, snapper. with the hitch, man. Made me so nervous. <laughs> He's still there, so isn't he? Nervous. He's still there. He's, He's still, still in Carolina. He's still there. He's you're like 15. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> He's still there. And uh, my dad, my dad won two Super Bowls when he was uh, playing in Washington under uh, Joe Gibbs. Were you alive? No, I wasn't alive for any of the okay. Super Bowls. But, you know, you hear the stories, and even from my mom's perspective and you know him being able to see his rings like you can only imagine and it's always fun to go back and like watch america's game and i can see him like playing and stuff so do you remember remember what cities he played those super bowls in Ooh, yeah. that's a tough one no i have no idea i know he he was um he was a part of one of the teams that were uh the four falls of buffalo oh okay so he yeah, uh yeah. I think that was the 87 one it was either the 87 or 91 one okay those are the two he won gotcha and uh yeah, man, that's a good question. Actually, yeah. I never even wondered that. Just, just curious. <laughs> I never just thought I, about Just because I feel like where the Super Bowl is located, the Super Bowl takes on a little bit yeah. of the city's identity, oh, for sure. right? For sure. And it's just, it's just interesting. I, I see some Super Bowl festivities, and what, what I experience in San Francisco is probably much different from what mm-hmm. a New Orleans Super Bowl yeah. feels like, from a South Beach Super Bowl. So it's, it's just kind of interesting. I'm always curious. Oh. San Diego and Minneapolis mm. were the two Super Bowls your father mm. played in. It's pretty, it's pretty Love San Diego. wide spectrum it there. Is a wide spectrum. <laughs> Minneapolis doesn't... They hosted a few years ago. I don't get it. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a Super Bowl city to me. I don't get uh, Super Bowls in cold cities. I do. Mm, even though there, I wish, like, I don't know, I wish college football would do this too. Like, keep some of the historic games. Like, keep some of the historic stadiums, some of the historic sites. Like, the original Cotton Bowl down in Texas. Like, keep playing there in the original in the original game. And I would love to see a Super Bowl in, like, somewhere like Lambeau or something like that. Foxborough. That'd be sweet. Like, man, that would be unbelievable. One of those, one of those stadiums. That'd be. I was born in Green Bay. I grew up in Green Bay. They can't pull it off. Imagine if you see like a. They need to add like forty hotels. What if the Lions play in the first Super Bowl? And win. Sounds like we need to take a break here on the Great Dane Huddle. That's uh, that's the guy we're going to ignore, Brad Norman, Alex Stroke with you, live at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Rodgers' watch continues. Mm. Chris Orr had some interesting takes last week on Rutledge and Hamilton about Aaron Rodgers. Brad Nortman had some interesting takes a couple weeks ago when he filled in on Wilde and Tash. we got to rehash all of this. we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers as much as it pains me. I'm horrible <laughs> at breakups. I'm really bad at him. Historically bad at breakups. <laughs> so we're going to talk about what may be an incoming breakup. We'll talk about it next. It's a great day in Huddle on here Monday night right here on ESPN Madison. Huddle rolling on on your Monday night, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside 
Badgers legends, NFL greats, <laughs> USFL great, yeah. former Super Bowl runner-up, Brad Norman, Chris Orr, with me as well. We are live, as mentioned, at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Oh, man, we're feasting. Chris Orr is feasting on his steak salad. That looks delicious, Chris. It is delicious. What do you got over there, Brad? Fish tacos, really good. Uh, a chipotle barbecue sauce. Ooh, oh baby, yeah, it's hitting oh, different. That yeah. sounds good. I've got the uh, the chicken mac and cheese. Man, is that delicious? Don't make fun of me for eating mac and cheese at a restaurant because it's delicious. <laughs> Everything that the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company brings out of that kitchen, man, it's delicious. I've never had one bad thing from here. Uh, they've got four locations in the Madison area, East Side, where we're at downtown, just off the Capitol Square. They've got one in Fitchburg. They've also got one in the Hilldale area. I know we have a listener in Stevens Point right now. There's one in Wausau too. Uh, those are your five current locations in, in Wisconsin of the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. Go to greatdanepub.com to find the pub nearest you. Um, so I said it on the other side. I've never been good at breakups. <laughs> Historically, a bad breaker-upper. Um, I usually, you know, back in my day, before I met um, my current girlfriend, you know, if I wanted a breakup to come, I would just do something stupid and just hope they break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad about uh, at sabotage. I, I'm, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> shout out Beastie Boys. I, I um, I, 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 have never been good at the tough conversation, and it's clear that the Green Bay Packers, led by General Manager Brian Gutekunst and quarterback Aaron Rodgers, need to have that tough conversation hmm. of Are we running this back, or is it time for us to go our separate ways? And I'm not ready for that breakup, man. I'm 24 years old. I grew up in Green Bay. <laughs> Pretty much my whole life that I remember. I remember the, the end part of Brett Favre. But pretty much the only quarterback I've ever cheered for is number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I'm not ready to say goodbye. Mm. The man once said, it's so hard to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm not ready to say goodbye, fellas. Well, I, I remember the Favre days. Favre was my... I believe you just used that line, by the way. Um, I, I, remember, I remember the Favre days. He was my childhood hero, right? That Packers quarterback is just something different, right, for a Wisconsin Something kid. different. So I remember that. I remember going through that breakup, right? So maybe, maybe the Packers are looking at it, and they've learned from their previous breakups maybe when they were a high school sophomore they kind of botched mm. the breakup yeah but Just now like but maybe maybe now they're kind of like in their you know they're in college or maybe they're in their early 20s they've learned a thing or two <laughs> they've learned how to see few you know through long term not not live in the moment not not botch these breakups and if i'm going to be honest let me ask you guys mm. let's say the packers were bad at breaking up yeah and they said okay Rodgers, we want you to come back. Two years. Does this team even sniff a Super Bowl? No. I don't think so. There you go. And so that would be the equivalent of, like, am I going to marry this girl? Yep. If it's a no, what are you waiting for? Yep. you gotta just you got to get to have the hard conversation, Alex yeah, Stroh. Yeah, And uh, I, I'm, I'm in the same camp. I don't think we're even close to being a Super Bowl team. Mm. I watched these teams this weekend. I don't think we can compete with them, even with a better playing at Rodgers. Mm. And... Um, it's just time. It's just time to then reset and then try to look for a new era, even though it's going to be painful. No, I think yeah. that's a really good point, Brad, right? I think the big question is can you get to that next level with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback over the course of whether it's next year or two years in the example you used? We both, Chris and I, emphatically said no. So that should be your sign 
it's probably time to flip the page. Now, is the grass always greener on the other side? Absolutely not. I think there are 27 or 28 NFL teams over the course of the last decade that are a really good example of that. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And the Packers are about to fall into that trap because the odds of Jordan Love being a third straight Hall of Fame quarterback to suit up for the green and gold, those odds are incredibly low. Incredibly low. And do I like Jordan Love? Yeah. Did I like that draft pick in 2020? I actually did. But can I sit here right now on, on January 30th, I think it is, 2023, and say Jordan Love is the future of the Green Bay Packers? No, I can't say that right now. Mm. So that's what is making the breakup so difficult for me, Brad and Chris, is that I just watched Aaron Rodgers, not this past year, but the two years prior, go out and be the best player in football in all of the NFL. And there's still that little hope in my mind saying maybe he will change, right? Maybe he will change. Nah. Maybe we can take the next step in our relationship. It's not happening, baby. But I think you're right. It's not happening. Chris, were you good at breakups? I know you're married now. Uh, oh. Very happy in your marriage now. But Yeah. I mean, you were a stud. You, you I wasn't. Were a Texas high school football player. I'm sure you had the ladies flocking to you. How Man, were you with breakups? This, this, this is going to sound horrible. But I wasn't, I wasn't like a big, uh, I wasn't a big relationship guy, like – if we were in a relationship. So you were like the Indianapolis Colts, just like one-year stints. Yeah, right? one-year stints. If we are in a relationship, then it, then it would get pretty serious. But with my breakups, I don't know. I'm closer to you. I'm good until the tears come, man. Tears. <laughs> I got to talk about for tears, man. I don't know what to do. I panic. Do you, do you think there's tears going on between Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst in that conversation? I think so. I think so. And I think that the tears are more so. I think it's, I think it's Aaron Rodgers' tears. You I think, think Aaron's Packers, a crier? I think that the Packers want to move on from him, but they don't want to publicly just say, yeah, we're, we're done with you. They want it to be a smooth exit. They'd really rather be on his terms. They'd rather Aaron Rodgers come out and say, I'm out of here. At least oh, the that's good, what it's got to be. The good old-fashioned mutual breakup. Yeah, that's what it's yeah, <laughs> We've yeah. come to a mutual that's decision that want. this relationship is that's no longer working. I love those. Those are good conversations. This is not a lot a, of tears in those conversations. Man, this has been a slow death for like a few years now. Like he's wait, he's hold been, on. Did you just move from breakup to death? I mean, <laughs> the death of the relationship. Like, and also these are just the ebbs and flows of football. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like when I talk to people about uh, Wisconsin, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers football team the past couple of years. I'm like, football is a roller coaster. Like it's supposed to be. Like there's a handful of outliers. That yeah. being, honestly, yeah. truly, just Alabama. Like in the college football realm, at least I don't know who it is in the NFL because the competition level changes each year. Everybody New, New England, but yeah. obviously that's no longer right. The case. Exactly with Tom, but like that's how football is. You're gonna have your high moments. You're gonna have your low moments. It's about how can you weather them and make sure they're not too far apart. Like make sure you don't your lows aren't two win seasons and your highs aren't fifteen win seasons. You need to find that middle area of steady success. Yeah, you know I I think if. If it happens where Aaron is on the Packers next season, it'd be the equivalent of they're both afraid of being single. For real. They'd stay together because they're afraid of being single. Mm -hmm. Because for both, I I don't think Aaron really wants to leave. I think there's part of him. Look, if you're the Packers quarterback, look, there's no owner. You're the biggest dude in the city. You're the biggest dude in the state. It's true. So he's (laughs) going to leave to a different a different team, a different city. Yeah. Where he, he's not going to have the same liberties that he does I, as the Packers quarterback. It's true. And and for yeah. the and for the uh, for the Packers, it would just be fear that if we let this Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. go, are we just going to slide into irrelevance? So I think that yeah. if they stay together, it's a little bit of like a fear of what would we do without one another. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of inevitable. 
I, I, when I think about what's next, right, knowing that it is likely, I, I would say at this point, that Aaron Rodgers won't be a Packer next year, I, I, I wonder if this is going to be a New England Patriots thing where it's like, all right, the coach is still good, right? And I think Matt LaFleur, obviously it wasn't his best season, but I, I still think he earns the benefit of the doubt as a good head coach. So is, is it New England where it's like, all right, if you get the right guy in that system, you can win 12 games a year, or will they just slide into, to use your term, irrelevance, where they become more like, I don't know, Indianapolis, mm. where they're just trying to place the Band-Aid on it for a few years, and then all, all goes south, and then you're overhauling the general manager, and which hasn't happened in Indy yet, but the head coach this year, right, Frank Reich, who's now in Carolina. Shout out to your former team for both of you. I, I just don't know what happens to the Packers. Yeah. And that's what I worry about as a fan. Right, is, is what what comes next. Because there is no guarantee. It's it's like a shiny, to use a Jim Rutledgeism, like it's a shiny mystery box. You don't really know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. I just don't want them yeah. to turn into the Bears, guys. I don't want to be the Chicago Bears. <laughs> well, that's very I'm, real, yeah, right? Very it's it's real. really very hard to real. sustain winning in the mm-hmm. NFL. It it's is. very hard. Yeah, and there is a real fear of once as you get off that carousel, it's hard to jump back on. Yeah. So I I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm fearful for the for the Packers, too, because what if Love just isn't your guy? But at least you got to know, right? Because what, what are the formulas to win this league, right? You need an elite, elite quarterback, yeah. right? What Rodgers was, what Favre was, Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and, and Jalen Hurts, potentially. Or you have a team that is so stacked yep. that you can put mediocre and cheap in that quarterback and still be really good. San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco. Yep. So, like, we got to pick a route here. And we, we relied on the MVP all-star quarterback for so long. And he did earn his salary, right? He was, he was making so much money that it did not allow the Packers to get the kind of players to compete. Bingo. But he played at that level. He's no longer playing at that level. And the yeah. salary's gotten worse. I, I think that, like, I don't know. What's, I bet that's what's irritating to a lot of Packers fans. I'm not saying I am one. I'm just an innocent <laughs> bystander here. Innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Innocence a word now. <laughs> but um I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers just sends like contradicting messages. Like because your actions are like you said, he was playing at an elite level, MVP, you get paid all this money, but then you criticize your ownership and the GMs for not surrounding you with talent. And yeah. it's like you understand that there's a give and take to that. Like you're gonna have to give some of that money in order to take some more talent, you know, to be on your roster to help you win a Super Bowl. Which is why like I, I kind of agree with what like Gronk said about him, like you're not really trying to win a Super Bowl, man. Like you just you want to be an elite player, which is cool, but like in all actuality, like you're gonna have to take a pay cut in order for you to win a Super Bowl. Like that's that's how the Eagles are where they are right now. Well, they look were at able Tom to, Brady, right? Right. Like, all those years. Exactly. They were able to spend so much money. Now they got the benefit of Jalen Hurts being on rookie contract, but like you were able to spend money and surround him with some talent. And like, San Francisco is the same deal, right? Exactly. I mean, and Brock, that's how you get there. Brock Purdy had an incredible run. We're not gonna knock Purdy, mm-hmm. but. That's why they were able to win yep. with a Mr. Irrelevant mm-hmm. rookie quarterback. And that's got to be the route the Packers go down. Likely, right? You've got, a, you've got on paper, a very good defense. They didn't execute yeah. that way in 2022. That's got to be the next step if Aaron Rodgers isn't a Packer in 2023. My heart's broken, and the breakup <laughs> hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> that's where they're going, I think. I don't think the writing's on the wall. I think that's where they're going. They've been drafting mm-hmm. some defensive talent early. They're trying to build around their defense. They got a couple of good backs. They got. They just drafted a young, talented wide receiver. Couple of wide receivers. They'll probably take a tight end here too. Like, 
I think, they're surrounding themselves with some talent. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think <laughs> yeah. the best case scenario for the Packers is they trade Rodgers, they mm-hmm. get a haul, another maybe one or two first-round picks, maybe another young, talented player. Yep. Maybe Lo- Love plays good enough this mm-hmm. next year to be like, okay, he's our guy, but we're not going to give him $50 million. Maybe he is $25 million mm. for like – five years and then there's your window right where it's like okay it's a contract that's definitely rewarding good talent but it's not going to cripple you and meanwhile you got your guy you got stability and you can then cultivate him with good players that might be a perfect little in between for the Packers I'm I'm an eternal optimist but it's hard to be in the middle of these shenanigans like it has been the last three off seasons (laughs) it is right especially with to use your term Chris right the writings on the wall Mm. it feels like this is coming to an end this year and and, Mm -hmm. you know to be honest I hope I'm wrong but to, to go back to what we started with, can the Packers win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback next year? The answer is probably not. So I think your decision's made with that question being answered the way we just did. It's a great day in Huddle. Alex Stroke, Brad Nortman, Chris Orr hanging out with you for about another 10 minutes. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk a little bit more football. More Luke Fickle bat signals being sent out, by the way. We gotta talk about Luke Fickle. We'll do it next. It's a great day in Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Health takes a holistic approach to fitness, home of the six-week experience and medically supervised by our guy, Dr. Nestor Rodriguez. They've got the spa side. They've got the fitness side. They've got the new semi-glutite to get your glutes tight. They've got all sorts of great things, the IV, the red line therapy, the cryo chamber. they got everything you need. Go to Carbon World Health. Do a favor. Get fit in the new year over at Carbon World Health. It's a great day in Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Alex Strove, former Badgers, Brad Nortman, Chris Orr with you. I wanted to talk Badgers here, guys, but I just saw the most outrageous thing since Chad Ochocinco pulled a Sharpie out of his sock. And that was uh, Pat Beverly, who plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. We have the Lakers-Nets game on in front of us at the Great Dane. And uh, they missed a foul call, and Pat Bev <laughs> ran over to a photographer took his camera and showed it to a referee like, hey, this is what you missed. And then he got teed up. Uh, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. And, Chris, something you said in the break that I'll repeat because it's absolutely true. He's a guy you'd hate to play against, but a guy you'd love on your team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who'd you, you play, who'd you play with like that? Or are you one of those guys? Uh, yeah, I'm probably one of those guys. Uh, Sitchy. Sitchy? Oh, Jack Sitchy. You would hate to – you would – if I wasn't uh, Sitchy's teammate – I'd hate him. I'd probably be trying to, like, take him out the game when we play. But as a teammate, you love him, man. You love having those guys that's just – it's us against the world. Like, I hate any and everybody that we're playing that. against. I'm trying to win this game by any means necessary, and I mean any means. Bradley, you play with anybody at UW like that? Um, I don't know if anyone has – UW. On the pros, I can think of Steve Smith and Jalen sure. Ramsey. Oh, both great picks. Two guys that are just yeah, both great picks. awesome teammates, <laughs> but just, man, to be their opponent. Oh, boy. Steve Smith especially. Man. Oh, gosh. That he, guy takes no prisoners. Man. No, he doesn't. He, he is just a, he is fluent in trash talk. I it's unbelievable. I got a question about him, actually. So my brother played with him in Baltimore. He said he used to just walk around using those, like, forearm grippers. 
Yeah. And it's hilarious now when I see clips of him like holding guys' jerseys because I know <laughs> I know that grip was strong. Dude, he was he was so strong. I mean, he was he, he looked pretty strong for like a, a smaller bodied guy, right. but the the dude was like pound for mm. pound one of the strongest guys I played mm. with. Right in hands yeah. too. He was just so handsy and physical. Yeah. It's no secret, man. Look at that, right? Yeah. I mean just like behind the scenes yeah. do working on small things. Yeah. Steve Smith. Hand grippers. Man. <laughs> you ever use those? Yeah, oh yeah. I you know my grip's horrible. I got a little hand. I got paws, man. I'm easy for punching. <laughs> You're a fighter, like you said. You're a fighter. <laughs> We need to for pick six in the USFL this Ooh, season. We need it, man. You think we can make that happen? Yeah, I dropped one last year. What's your year. touchdown celebration going to be? <laughs> I don't. It depends on how far it is. I call it pick six against Nebraska, like my sophomore year here. Thought yeah. I was going to pass out after. It was like seventy <laughs> something <laughs> yards. I had a whole plan. I remember telling like uh, Kendrick Pryor before the game, "I'm a scorer, man. I'm going to do this dance." You get in there, I was dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> Phenomenal. Well, a big thanks to our friends here at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company for hosting us, as always. Brad, Chris, thanks for filling in, fellas. Always good catching up. It was great. Thank you. Of course. Very welcome. We have ESPN Madison celebration of National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. Leader forward. Coming up next, a big thanks to Alex Cravat for running the show for us tonight. If you missed any of the show, go find it. Wisconsin Amanda, wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it. This has been the Great Dane Huddle right here on ESPN Madison.